Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to have back on the program. True the Votes, Catherine Engelbrecht. Catherine, you just came off of a huge, huge victory in Georgia. Congratulations and welcome back. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Wendy. You know, this is a significant case, Catherine, and I don't think a lot of people realize how hard you've been fighting for years simply to be able to submit to uh, to the people that dirty voter rolls impacted the 2020 election and really impacted it in Georgia. Yes, uh, I mean, we we you know, we launched a project in 2020 that immediately drew the lawsuit that that went on for three years and, and we can get into that at any level of detail. But the, the, the other side of it is now having, uh, having had a court say that, that our work was, was, you know, was solid and not illegal. Um, my hope is opens the eyes of patriots around the country of the need to be involved in, in your local processes to make sure that your voter rolls are clean, because there is a path for citizens to engage and and where there has been the threat of lawfare that no longer exists because of case law made by you know by the by the, the fight we've just waged and won. You know, and when we hear about litigation, you can kind of glaze over because it's so much. It's just so dirty. But the, at, the, mm-hmm. at the crux of this was the idea that that constitutionally you don't have the right to to petition your government or to say hey. I don't believe what happened here. And they want you to be silenced and shackled and muzzled forever. That, my friend, that's the threat to democracy. Am I wrong? No, you're you're exactly right. And that's why when you you know, when you get into the even you know, as you I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, the, the, the details of the, the lawsuit that we have been involved in, uh, one of many, I might add, um, are while they are is certainly relevant um, it is the it is the broader court of public opinion that the 
instigators behind bringing this lawsuit against us, it's, it's, it's to that crowd that they were playing because the message that they were trying to send was not one of, we must stop through the vote from cleaning the voter rolls necessarily. The message was, sit down, shut up, and take what's coming because you don't have a place in this process uh, lest, you know, you suffer the wrath of, of lawfare and being drugged through the courts for years. Uh, it is a chilling effect that, that they hope to accomplish, and they're failing, and, and it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see. It is. I think a lot of people don't also know your connection to all of this goes back so far, Catherine. I mean, aren't you <laughs> responsible for all of the geolocating uh, stuff for the 2,000 mules? Wasn't that you? Yes, that, that was us. And, and we took that tack because, because we've been at this for so long. I started True the Vote in 2009, and there's just certain, certain things that we know about the, the very broken process that we're dealing with and the, and the you know, weakest links in, in the newly created um, chain of process in, in 2020 that, that we felt like we could draw attention to uh, in a in a meaningful way using available data, and so that's why we we chose to go down the path to in that instance with two thousand mules. The point was initially uh, to to f- provide for law enforcement. I mean, the, the the goal was never to make a movie. The goal goal was to provide necessary research to law enforcement to show that drop boxes were being exploited and used illegally. And um, and then the you know the sad fact on on that front was that law enforcement all to politic- politicize themselves didn't want to get involved and so ultimately we made a movie so that that the the work wouldn't just you know be for nothing be for nothing right right, right. and the thing that's amazing about this is the wealth of data of evidence of proof that you and your team have amassed vis-a-vis the limp charges like Stacey Abrams and Mark Elias would would foist upon you the judge I think even said that there's no evidence that anything they said you did even happened it's so preposterous right. it's it's uh you know I think being in trial, because this ultimately went all the way to a, to a bench trial, so it was the, the, the judge who was making the, the final decision. We didn't have a jury of our peers, but, but seeing the individuals that Fair Fight brought up as, as witnesses in their case and even as named plaintiffs in their case who had been led to believe, truly believe, that, that we as an organization or even me personally uh, had had sought to restrict their right to vote or or intimidate them in some way. I mean, they were really, you know, they had been clearly, you know, given given the Kool Aid to drink on the matter. But 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 they a- approached um, that stand with with hurt in their hearts because they believed that they had been uh, wronged and and that was a belief set given to them by the attorneys. It wasn't one that they had organically. They didn't even know who we were. It was the, the attorneys who sought this out and, and wrapped this whole, you know, propaganda machine in motion. And it was, it's really hard to see Americans who have been lied to believe that, that, that their votes are in jeopardy. I mean, if, if we could have a, just a, a clarifying moment around 
the truth of of the sanctity of the vote and 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 the the lack of um, desire to intimidate anyone. It's just a function of getting good data so that we can all make sure our votes count. I, I don't know. I just think that so many more millions of Americans are waking up and seeing this for what it really is. And I think lawfare in the in the days ahead will become less and less effective as more and more Americans reject the idea that uh, that they really are victims. It's it's. I mean, I think I think we're 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 stepping into a season of renaissance where patriots are willing to to look at things with fresh eyes because we see how close we are to losing our country. Everything is very real, and we're we've we've got to approach it in new and fresh ways. I guess I wonder: Do the people like the Stacey Abrams out there who do so much harm? They pretend that they're these uniters, that they're fighting for something big. What they're doing is so opposite that. It's so tragic. It's so disruptive. Do they think on the flip side, if they can corrupt our elections and they can they can usher in this new liberal world order, that they have a seat at the table? Because I'd love to tell them that they don't. They're going to be down in the gallows with the rest of us, Catherine. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's uh, that's by all indication, ex- exactly what they believe, that they are, that they are part of this bigger globalist uh, mission. And it is without, without question, it, it is a, it is a, it is a mission destined to silence the voices of freedom and fall in line with this authoritarian model that, uh, that is led by the likes of the world economic forum. I mean, this is just, you know, they're, they're all, they're all connected and, and if it weren't so, I wouldn't say it is so, but but it is. And, and that these are these are the times in which we find ourselves. And and America is is the great prize. And they are doing their level best to take that down. People in that in that cadre, Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias, are making millions and millions and millions of dollars for for, you know, carrying the water for the WEF and others. Um, but Americans are waking up and they're, we are we are we are unbeatable when we stand together. And I think that's what we're going to see in the in the months ahead. I was going to ask you that. How do you feel about 2024? Do you believe that enough people are awake that they're not going to be able to pull, a, you know, the wool over everyone's eyes again? I absolutely believe that. I, I think that the, that the dark will grow darker. I, I believe that we we will see something along the order of a new pandemic, although it may not be a disease. It, it may, but it will have some kind of of nationwide cultural impact that we are going to have to grapple with. But but what we went through as a as a country during COVID and and the aftermath of that, I believe, has has made us far wiser. Far fewer people are are willing to just fall in line because they know, okay, you know, fool me once, shame on you know, shame mm-hmm. on you. Fool me twice, you know, shame on me. And and I and I don't think that that as many Americans are going to fall for it. So um, while there, I believe there are a lot of twists and turns ahead. If if we just keep keep the basics, keep the basics in mind, the basics of blocking and tackling, particularly for elections, work yes. in your elections. Certainly vote. Make sure that everybody you know is registered to vote. Commit to working and serving in the process. You can connect with True the Vote on ways to do that. But just consider that the November election is something that every American should be 
It's an honor. Yes. Yes. It's an honor. It is an honor. It's an honor. Do you have Do you have three seconds to hang through a commercial? Because I wanted to ask you about Brad Raffensperger. Okay, I'm going to (laughs) tee you up with a little Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State of Georgia. Uh, I think uh, Catherine knows him a lot better than I. Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Vote continues right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I have to ask as we welcome back True the Votes. Catherine Engelbrecht, who just is off this big lawsuit win, where where she challenged the right of we the people to say, hey, I saw something. I'm going to say something. Something was fishy with these elections. And I, and I want to I want to talk about it, that that's your right, that we even have to litigate that is preposterous. But Catherine, you said that you started True the Vote in 2009. Like what what precipitated the, the necessity of starting that? Yeah, I was I was one of the millions of Americans who felt a, a stirring in my spirit when the Tea Party uh, sort of was burst out of out of nowhere, and and I found myself going to rallies and you know buying poster board and glitter paint for the first time since sixth grade, <laughs> you know, and, and and bringing those signs to to rallies and 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 learning how to find my voice again, but. You quickly realize that that passion has to translate into action, and so it was uh, really in 2009, which was a, an off year, but a big election for what was happening in Texas, where I'm from, and there were just weren't enough volunteers to work at the polls, and so a small group of us who had met in the Tea Party rallies said, you know, why don't we get together and volunteer, see what happens, and and it was that very first time working in the polls that after we came back and compared notes, we we realized. Most people had a wonderful experience, but there were probably 25% of of the people who had volunteered and came back with very uncomfortably similar stories about problems. And it made you really wonder if this is what happens when people are watching, what happens when nobody's there? And it, and it led, you know, we just, you know, began to reverse engineer the whole process of elections from, from soup to nuts and ask, ask questions about why is it broken? Our, our elections should not be perpetually broken. Yes. What's the problem? And it's because it, it plays to the advantage of those who know how to subvert the weaknesses. And we just need to demand more. So anyway, that's where it started, was just volunteering and then, and then methodically going through each, each level. And it has taken us deeper and deeper and deeper into the process mm-hmm. until, you know, until we find ourselves where we are today. Right. This is why it all starts at the local level. You're absolutely right, right, Catherine. So I want to ask you about Brad Raffensperger, because he is the secretary of state who is, is you were on this program with us talking about this phone call with President Trump. So much has come out about Brad Raffensperger's lying to to the media, lying to The Washington Post about this conversation he had with the president, saying that Trump had asked him to find the votes and all and then lying and saying, oh, we checked everything. We audited everything and no audit was ever conducted. Conducted. Um, how is it possible that this guy is still in office? Like, how do we get these people gone? Uh, you know, I think it's just a process of, of education. I mean, the the cowardice and willingness to to lie under pressure is is a, is breathtaking. And the, the you know, from any take take the range of options that are available uh, to the citizens of Georgia from from recall to just using the next election as the recall and, and getting him out. But I think it's been proven time and again now that that he is willing to 
do or say anything to protect, you know, his interests and the interests of whomever he's, you know, responsible to, because it's not the people of Georgia. That's clear. And and it was evidenced again in this lawsuit. You know, we subpoenaed him to come and testify in our lawsuit, just to tell the truth of, of a meeting I, I had with him before we launched into the project, where I went and met with he and his staff and made sure that everything we were doing was in keeping with Georgia law, that the methodology was sound, that he was aware because the number of records that we were challenging, over 364,000 ineligible records, significant. So, you know, we, we wanted to go in to this with the Secretary of State's office. Um, As a partner. Having, yeah, right. Having, having affirmed that we were doing everything we needed to do. And, and of course, that would have been very helpful testimony to have in, in our trial, but he moved to have the subpoena quashed so that he wouldn't have to appear. Just it's, breathtaking. It, 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 breathtaking. How do you, I have a minute left, Catherine Engelbrecht, how do you remain so hopeful and positive? Like, what is your message for folks who don't have a clue of how much you know, but who know it's off? How, how do you stay positive? I just I believe in the American people. I believe in the American experiment given to us by our founders and and given to our founders by God. And I know that for me, I never went looking for any of this. This is a this is a call that that I have been um, charged with, and I know that there is divine intervention afoot. I know that we are living in days of miracles. I know it to the marrow of my bones. And that is that is what gives me hope, because this is so much bigger than any one of us, but yet all of us have a role to play. We are all here intentionally for such a time. And if we choose to, to stick together and, and maintain hope, we will win. But we just have to keep moving forward. I find you, uh, I just think you're badass and awesome. And I love you. And I thank you so much for what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, this, she is Catherine Engelbrecht. She is True the Vote. And she is hope, right? Fight. All right, do not go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next, people are reaching the end of their ropes. Even CBS News. Oh boy, wait for it. Next. I had to ask Catherine Engelbrecht from To The Vote there, how is it you find yourself in the crosshairs of so much yuck? She spent time in prison because she refused to give up the name of a source who had tipped her off about election machines being connected to China. And you know where those election machines were? In Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Do you guys know where I live? Oh, that's right. I live in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. And I remember having her and her colleague, Greg Phillips, on the program. And I'm like, what's that like going to federal freaking prison? Because you say, I will not divulge a confidential source. Just because you guys are upset that we have identified fraud, or at least what looks like alleged fraud, doesn't mean I'm going to roll on people who believe me and have faith in me. She was willing to go to prison for that and did. How does she say so darn positive? Because it's, it's bigger. You know, this is bigger than, than one thing, than one person. It's not, 
This is the opposite of the world we're told we're living in, where everybody's focused on, oh, I want to put up this video. Let's see how many likes I get. I'm worried about me, 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 me. You, me, what about me? No, it's so much more than that. That is what is so exhilarating when when you rub shoulders and elbows with people at a Trump rally. Yeah, Donald Trump is great to go see, and it's fun. The, the, the pop and circumstance of it all, but it's, all, it's the messaging, it's the imaging, it's the American flags, it's the patriotic music, it's people walking around in red, white, and blue. It, it's, it's the salt of the earth, and if you've ever felt like you don't belong somewhere, this is the opposite of that feeling. It's It's special. That's what this is. That's why they hate us. Because what we're fighting for is bigger than than one Amish farmer. It's bigger than one woman fighting on behalf of voters who don't want dirty voter rolls to steal their votes. It's more than one man who wants to be president again. It's a collective. And as a collective, we the people are unstoppable. I had a goofy moment yesterday. We went out to dinner, my husband Joe and I and our sons. So the seven of us go out for dinner and we choose a place that is notorious for not having lots of seating. And I knew that we were gonna have to split up, it was fine. So the five boys sat at one table and Joe and I sat across the room at a higher two top and we ate. And I just watched. Do you you ever do that where you just look at your kids as you watch them get older? And, And there's a moment in their collective where they stop fighting and they start figuring out who they are and they start meshing in those roles where they'll poke fun but the snippiness is gone. And everybody kind of settles into a comfort and a familiarity and a safety. It's family. And as I was drinking a beer, I just kept looking at the boys. And, and Joe said to me, well, what are you doing? And I said, no matter whatever happens to me, I want you to know that I feel joy, that you've given me joy, that I'm happy. And he's like, that's the coolest thing. They don't want that. They want you miserable. They want you angry and active. They want you victimized. They prefer you never take responsibility for anything. That's, that's not successful anywhere, certainly not in your family. That joy, that is the joy I feel about this country. It's more important than anything else we're doing. What is your job in this endeavor? It's exhilarating. So we stumbled upon some sound, right? And I want, I want you to hear this. So CBS News 
morning guy, Tony DeCopel. He's going to be talking with Alejandro Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security, whatever. He's a schmuck. We all know he's a schmuck. This is a very interesting exchange, though. More and more people are seeing what's, what's going on at the border with clarity. And the excuse of the left, which is this is because Republicans refuse to work with us, doesn't hold water and everybody knows it. The we inherited a broken system doesn't hold water because this is not even remotely what we were dealing with under President Trump. Right. The whole we need to get to the humane, you know, inhumane stuff and and get to the root causes. No, no, we don't. We need to build a damn wall. And everybody's pretty much getting on board with that. Tony DeCopel pushes back against Alejandro Mayorkas, and it is a beautiful moment, and I want you to hear it for yourself. In audio soundbite number one, he's going to say, you know what? We've got migrants being, they're everywhere. They're sleeping in the streets. There's, there's Winter is here. They're not prepared for the weather. They're being bused to various areas. This is a true crisis, Mr. Secretary. So how are you guys not, how are you going to come to the aid of Democrat mayors and governors who are getting clobbered by the very problem that your administration started? Listen. Because of the standards at the border and the flow issue that Republicans have identified, Republic, uh, Democratic leaders, mayors, governors, they're struggling. Uh, Abbott, Governor Abbott in Texas, is busing people to different states. They're showing up on, on doorsteps. They're in the streets. They can't work. They're hungry. They're begging. It's a big, big problem. What is the White House willing to do to come to the aid of your fellow Democrats who say, we need help? We need help. What are you doing? That that's even a question, first of all, is pretty big news. I want you to hear the response. Because at any point in any of this nonsense, the truth ends the farce. The truth. You can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth, my friends. Because everything that they've been doing is the snowball effect of a lie built upon a lie and so on and so on. And now we have a disaster. Mayorkas has the opportunity to be honest about it, but he's not going to. He's going to point fingers and say the problem at the border isn't because the border is open because we're part of the global compact on migration. Because we've signed up to the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the United Nations of suck. This whole plan to ruin the sovereignty and the culture of these United States. He's going to point fingers to Greg Abbott. Listen. So uh, a few things. Number one, we have sought and received some funding from Congress to assist mayors and governors in addressing the migration challenge. But let me ask you a question. Do you think it is responsible governance for one governor to refuse to coordinate, communicate, cooperate with other state officials around the country and just unilaterally bus people to another locality without informing the receiving locality so that we can work together to address a challenge mm. that our country faces? Is that the type of patriotism and governance that we expect of our officials? Wow. You almost hear Tony DeCopel go, 
Did you hear it? Because he knows what the answer is. Well, I could say, Mr. Secretary, what do you think about Phil Murphy shipping migrants out of New Jersey? Because that's what he's doing. I mean, that proves Democrats' hypocrisy on the border, right? We have photographic proof. I'm looking at it right here. The New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy, is a flaming hypocrite for doing exactly. He's doing right by his state. And he's doing exactly what Alejandro Mayorkas says. Greg Abbott is running rogue and doing. Do you think that's leadership? Do you think that's what we should be doing? And then Tony DeCopel's like, dude, not a chance. You're not going to get away with this. A random act of journalism. Behold. Go. I think that both parties are playing games and have been for decades on this issue. And you're not talking about the fundamental point of contradiction. The Republicans want... A, a stop to the flow with very specific ideas. You're not even talking about those ideas this morning. And so both sides are playing politics as they have been for a very long time. Senator, uh, Secretary Mayorkas. I would respectfully disagree with you. I would respectfully disagree with you. Yeah, well, we would respectfully say that you're a dirtbag. You're a dirtbag. Tony DeCopel says, well, Republicans have come up with ideas. They have actual plans. They're saying, well, let's do this. Let's do that. And you guys won't even meet them. I respectfully disagree. Yeah, well, we are seeing what's going on. See, this pushback is continuing in other realms. How about this? The Associated Press was forced to make a damning admission after calling plagiarism a new conservative weapon. Can you believe that? Holding somebody accountable for lying, cheating, stealing other people's work, which, by the way, is called plagiarism. Apparently, that is a new weapon among conservatives. That's how we're going to go out there and we're going to take minorities down, damn it. We don't like you. Well, oopsies. The Associated Press forced to make an embarrassing admission following an article published about disgraced Harvard President Claudine Gay. This week, AP moved to edit a controversial headline stating it, quote unquote, did not meet their journalistic standards. That's code for we suck and we got called out for it. The original headline. Harvard's president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges plagiarism until they got slammed with criticism people were like oh no you didn't and they had to go in and retract it this is no different ladies and gentlemen than the town in wisconsin where nearly half of their police force just quit this week We're done. We're done dealing with your stupid, woke community board. We're done jumping through your hoops. We're done trying to police insanity. Good luck with that. It's called pushback. It's terrible because of its effects on all of us. But how freaking necessary. It's victory. All right, don't go anywhere because when we come back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. There is a new study out there, and this is more dangerous to you than smoking 12 cigarettes a day. What is it? Uh Uh-oh. Wait for it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You got to love some of this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Some of these studies that come out. This is NBC, NBC News. There's so many things that we could be talking about. Do you ever think, do you ever just sit there and say, if people just told the truth 
everything would be so much easier. If if we could just live a life of of honesty, where where people weren't trying to to cut a deal or weasel an angle or sell some nonsense or or con you out of something, force you to do something, sign some stupid pledge, get in the cattle chute, get ready for slaughter. Can you imagine? Wow. So what is it that more people are suffering from that poses such a health risk as deadly as smoking, the Surgeon General says? Loneliness. Loneliness. You guys lonely? You better not be, at least not three hours a day with us. Here's your story. About half of U.S. adults say they've experienced loneliness. Dr. Vivek Murthy says in an 81-page report, what, 81-page, what are we doing? What are we doing? Did you guys realize there's a uh, there's a story out? This stuff about Donald Trump and this emoluments clause and he made money during his presidency with his kids running the Trump hotel chains and blah, blah, blah. The, the House minority leadership, so the Democrats in the House, as Jamie... Comer is is focused on Hunter Biden and all this stuff that's going on with the Biden crime crime family. You've got Democrats in the House not working for you, not doing anything to make things easier, more affordable, more accessible, safer or better. They've spent the last five years pouring over all of these Trump financial documents that he had to give up because of other frivolous lawsuits. To create this story that he and his family enriched themselves by $7.8 million during his presidency. It is the dumbest suck of time that I'm talking about in this breath. Because then there's this study, <laughs> which blows it out of the water. We're going to study that people are lonely. Really? Why? Why are they lonely? Well, here we go. It's so stupid. This is what your Surgeon General is doing. Your Surgeon General isn't coming clean and telling you the truth about COVID. Look, uh, it came from a lab. Everybody knows it came from a lab. Um, we know that we paid for it, that uh, Fauci lied multiple times and that they were doing gain-of-function stuff. And why they were doing I mean, I don't know, but then the COVID got out. And, and it was amazing because before it even got out, they had the antidote to it. We had a, a vaccine already in the pipeline. Its ingredients had been, you know, trademarked 70-odd different times. So this is clearly planned, and it's been in the works for years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know you guys got sick and, and, and a lot of people died. And, and then you got the jab because we told you you should <laughs> and you probably had some effects with that too but this is the the big story is loneliness really vivek okay widespread loneliness in the united states ladies and gentlemen poses health risks as deadly as smoking a dozen cigarettes daily costing the health industry billions of dollars every year the u.s surgeon general said tuesday in declaring the latest public health epidemic. About half of U.S. adults say they've experienced loneliness, Dr. Murthy said in an 80-page report from his office. I would pay good money from whoever this NBC reporter is to say, how much time did you waste on this? What did this cost? Is this kind of in line with the Russian cats on the treadmill that we paid $3 million to study through the grant from the NIH? 
last year? Is it sort of like that? Yeah, because it's feeling like that. Do you really think you need the Surgeon General to tell you that lockdowns and tyranny and uh, totalitarian governments and uh, frivolous lawsuits and raids of people's farms and homes and the whole idea that January 6th was an insurrection when, of course, we see all the evidence that it was a setup and a trap? Hmm. Do you really need to study why people are lonely? People are lonely by design because they need you to be. They need you broken. They need you addicted. They need you diagnosing your children with autism and getting on a host of drugs, right? They need you indoctrinated. They need you brainwashed. There's nothing new about this stupid study. Can, can you imagine if anybody actually cared to do something that does matter? I mean, if anybody actually out there cared about the people of East Palestine, Ohio, or the people of Lahaina, who have just been forgotten, they were forgotten the moment after it happened. We've had another shooter, another school shooter, another wacko leftist losing their mind. And because it doesn't fit the narrative of guns, which they need to take away from you, because it's their final play before they move in and totally change everything. They need you to give up your weapons. I'm not going to talk about that story. It's almost as though they think we can't see. But you can see. And people are getting very freaked out about the people who've come into this country that we know nothing about. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're bringing with them. We don't know what their political ideology is. We do not know what their religious background is. Because a lot of the folks coming across come from countries that hate us. And so I have a very serious conversation to have with our national security expert coming up next in hour three of this program. They're already here. Communists, jihadis, they're here. They're everywhere. They're all over our neighborhoods. How close are they to possibly doing something that will force you and me to act? It is a sobering conversation. But every bit you know helps you become more aware and more prepared. We'll talk about the threat, how real it is with John Guandolo next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.